Lord, on this Palm Sunday, we come to you learning to hear your word, to remember what happened so long ago that had an impact on the lives of so many. Lord Jesus, how thankful we are. So thankful that you came. So thankful that you'd be willing to go to a cross, that we could have a relationship with you. So Lord, be with us. Help us, encourage us as we work through these passages and look through the issues. Be with us and help us, Lord, prepare ourselves, not just for this service, but also for next week, Lord, when we remember that Jesus is not dead in the ground. He's alive and well, and he's our Savior. He's our Redeemer, and we give you great, great praise. There's a pet little pet, um, thing I found up here, looking around trying to find a good thing, and I looked up there, and there's that picture. You may have looked at that already. When I looked at it, I thought, this guy, for one thing, it must be a really old picture, for one thing. The other thing was, I think he wanted to get a whole lot of people in all that picture in that time, and he probably did, because it's kind of cramped if you look at it. But there in the picture, what you've got is, yeah, well, in fact, I can even play with this little thing right here and show you how to do it, because this, really, this is really cool. As you can see, it's not even working, so what's the point of it? That's, that's really, like, not cool at all. Oh, you have to press a button? Nobody told me they'd have to have a button. Right there, look at that. That's Jesus. He doesn't know that they got the light on here, but that's Jesus. But anyways, this is a picture, a long-time picture, but I thought it was interesting. Kathy and I were looking at it, and we thought, here's this picture, and it says, here's kind of like putting it all together, because here they were. These people are coming up, and they're coming up to see Jesus, and they are so excited. There's so many things happening, and of course, many of us, many of us know so much about the story, and we know how it's going to go bad really quick, and how things are going to change so much. But it kind of tries, he tries to get everything in there. For example, if you notice, he's got, he's got the children down here, over here. You've got an old man that's here. Uh, you've got the, uh, interesting, if you look up here, I don't know if you can see it, Will, but there's a guy up here in the tree. And I'm thinking, who could that maybe be? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down, because I'm coming to your house today. So you can see he tried to put all these things in that picture. But the point is, this thing we call and comes in here when we come with Jesus and we come to here to see that this is this man. We've come because Jesus is coming. Now, as many of you know, and many of you have studied the scriptures, and maybe I can just even move it over here, what we're talking about is Palm Sunday. It's called Jesus. We call it Jesus' triumphal entry. Jesus is coming in, and he's not coming in as a conqueror. He's coming in as a man who many people thought, this is the guy. This is the prophet we have been waiting for for generation after generation after generation. And he's finally here. And what we have is that many, many people are so excited. People are thrilled to see what is happening. And so the city of Jerusalem is down, they're coming to it. And what's happening is the people are so excited. Now, many of you know that if you kind of think about it, Many of these people, during this time, they were coming for ultimately for Passover. They were getting themselves prepared for Passover and the Passover lamb and all this stuff like this. This was happening just before this happened. So this is one now, and this is going to be next week. But the point is that he's saying is, listen, here's what's happening. 
And here saying, what's happening here? It's happening here in Jerusalem. And what's interesting in this passage is now is so many people wanted to get there from Jerusalem. And as you would have guessed, the place is crowded. When we were back at Christmas time talking about it, how there's no room in the inn. You know, we know all that story about no room for the inn. It's like, because there's so many people. And at the same time, when we're talking about in this passage, what we're talking about, again, the city is just jammed with people. You have to get that idea in your mind of saying, here are people, pilgrims, coming from all the place, coming from the north, coming from the east, from the south. They're not coming from the west because you'd be swimming. But the other place is that what they had was like saying, look at all this that's happened. These people are swarming here. I kind of had the idea when I was thinking about it, what that must be like. Remember, you've been to a sports thing where there's like, you know, 1,000 people, and you just see this mass of people moving around. And it's kind of like, looks kind of like, you know, all these little things moving along. It's an amazing kind of thing. And you look at this, and you think, wow, look at these people. They've come from all over the place. Many of them have come out of spiritual reasons. They want to come. They want to come to the temple. They want to get prepared for they can be able to come to be there in the temple. What an amazing thing it would be to be at that, plent- that wonderful place. And again, we've all heard so much about the temple, but the temple was absolutely magnificent. And it was an incredible thing. And unfortunately, after doing years and years and years and decades and decades, as we know what happened in 70 AD, they burned it down. But before that happened, for them, it was a joyous thing for them to be able to understand, and not only that, to be there. And so what would happen when many people would come, they would travel in family groups. It was, one of much, it was not very good to try to walk by yourself. We know some stories in the Bible about how dangerous it was walking at yourself, particularly at night. But most of the people would go in family groups or family they knew from their town and say, okay, let's go. And what would happen is they would start then heading their way to Jerusalem. Jerusalem's the goal. The city of the great king. And people were there and they're excited because they're so excited. But this one was going to be a different year. They, many of them had gone there for many years. Year after year they came over there for Passover. They were so excited about being there. But something had, something had changed. You could feel there was tension. Tension all around. Because what was happening was there was a man, a really interesting man, a very unusual man, who claimed to be the Messiah of God. Now remember again, the people in Jesus' time had had many people who said, I am the Messiah. And then when they found out they weren't the Messiah and they kill him. Well, that doesn't work very well. But that happened a lot. There were people who said, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Messiah. And you have Jesus. And people are starting to say, who is this man? And what's happening is, again, as you know the story as it goes on, they start seeing Jesus along this way, and he's doing miracles. And people are starting to think, what, where is this guy getting this power from? There's really not a lot of qu- things where it could come from. It seems like it could either come from one of two things. Either it is coming, Jesus is getting from this power from God, where the other option is maybe he's getting it from the devil. Maybe it's Satan. And so people are saying, I, I don't know, what do, you, what do you think about that person, Jesus? So many, many people, this is they thought was going to be a really special time to come because Jesus was coming. Now, a lot of people didn't know where he was coming. A couple times he had to be careful where he was at. If you kind of think about it in a map, let me see if I can do this again and get it right. 
If you look in the map up here, and I'll go echo there. Excuse me, Rachel. Oh, there is a map. Okay, well, that's okay. But um, anyways, what happened in this thing is as people were coming up along here, that doesn't look much like a donkey, does it? That's a very big donkey on the left side. That's a special breed. They're very, more, very much expensive, by the way. But anyways, if you notice what's going on here and saying what's happening here in this passage, it's very, very interesting because as they're coming up, these people are coming, and one of the things we know that they did, in fact, we have this, we see it in the scriptures, as these pilgrims are coming away, some of them, the direction that they're going, some of them, let's say, they're coming up from the north in Galilee, and they've been coming along. Some of them wanted to come right through the middle down through here, but a lot of times they didn't want to go down through that middle part because who was there? The Samaritans. And so they often had some struggles, some issues, some problems. And so rather than do that, they go across to the other side and there. And what had there, they would get over there and then they'd come back this other direction so they could get out of there. And for many of them, the place where they would often meet was Jericho. Jericho, of course, has a history that goes way back. But particularly for this time with what's going on, when it talks about this, these people were excited. For one thing, they're getting ready there. They've met their friends. They're walking up here. They're coming up the Jericho Road. And every step they're taking, they're getting closer and closer. And you can see more and more of the temple. And the people are just everywhere. And these people are so thrilled. They're so thankful. And of course, you know what happens in the story. In the story, what happens is you start having some people that are becoming very nervous about Jesus. And the story about Jesus is the one you know. It's where Jesus is doing miracles. The Pharisees couldn't do the miracles. The Sadducees couldn't do the miracles. The Herodians couldn't do it. But this man, Jesus, could. This, just, this man had love. This man had care for people. And people were just, where did this man come from? We know in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I can tell you where it comes from. It comes from my Father in heaven. And what's going on in this passage is he's saying, listen, you need to understand what's happening. And so what their people are coming up, and as they're coming, some people are saying, I just so wish I could see Jesus. And of course, there's all other kind of people that are on that road too, because they've got problems, and they need healing, and they want things. So Jesus is being bombarded by having people who want to meet Jesus, to touch Jesus. Jesus, heal me. And so he had times he had to kind of get himself away a little bit just because he was being so crowded with people. So they get closer and they get closer and closer to that area. And for them, it becomes such a significant thing. See if we can get this back over here. I guess maybe it's not on. Yes, it is. See? So what we're talking about here again in Palm Sunday is so significant and it means a lot to, to us. So what is Palm Sunday? Jesus' triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem. And for those people, the excitement of being there at that place and thinking, maybe I'll see Jesus. Maybe I'll get close enough to where he is. And again, as we know the story, what happens? There are people that are very much opposed to Jesus. And you know what a lot of it was? It was envy. Not all of them. But there's like, how come our rabbis can't do that, what Jesus does? Mm, rabbis don't like that. When you say, uh, can you do that kind of thing? Can you heal that dead girl? Uh, no. 
Um, can you walk on water? Uh, no, we don't do that too often either. And so whether people are saying, then what do you think about this man we call Jesus? Well, then the question comes to be, well, he's got power. But where does that power come from? And so what you see is when you start seeing come, groups coming together, Pharisees, Sadducees, Herodians, who all hate each other, who are suddenly say, you know what? If we let this Jesus keep going the way it's going, we're going to be in big trouble. And so if we're, if, we're, if we're really smart, what we ought to do is work together, and we need to get rid of Jesus. And it's hard to think, how could a man who cared for so many, who worked with so many, who loved so many, who people were healed in many, many ways, and get to realize where people say, you know what? We've got to kill him. And for them, that was, for them, people saying, no, that would never happen. They would never let something like that happen. And so what you see in what's going on, particularly in here, it keeps talking about the fact that God has given us this great privilege. I'm talking about the people. A great privilege to come up here. And someone is not happy at this moment, as we can see what's going on. But notice what you say. We'll consider that, well, I'm sorry, that just moved again. The triumphal entry in one sense, is different from a lot of triumphal entries. And again, we've talked about that. But the idea of the triumphal entry was often be when a you know, ruler was coming into a nation. Like when we looked at that picture of that thing, that would be very one that would go with the Romans. There they'd have this big mounted horse and this massive horse coming in, and all the people are looking at this and have all things. That's very much like a Roman one, but it's not like Jesus. It's certainly not like him. He comes on a donkey. Remember, there's nothing wrong with a donkey. I mean, donkeys, they're, boy, they're like the, you know, the buses and cars of their time. But Jesus comes in gentle. Jesus comes in caring. And he doesn't come in bragging. And what happens is people start realizing this is like a man we've never seen before. And they've come to realize that God has brought this man, this man named Jesus, into our world, and we need to trust in him. The reality is, as we know, is that for many other people, for Jewish people, as they are coming along, when they started seeing that being said, they started reading that passage. When Kathy heard it, read it a little bit earlier, is when the people started seeing that, rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout in triumph, daughter Jerusalem. And many of these people, they picked it up right away. Oh, I know what that is. That's like a triumphancy where somebody comes in, there's a great triumph. And it's saying, well, no, Jesus didn't come in like that. Well, anybody who's a great leader is going to come in like a great you know, king, right? No, he comes in on a donkey. And people are shouting and yelling, Yay, Jesus, we love you, Jesus, and we're going to follow you, Jesus, whatever you want to do, Jesus. And most of the people don't know that five days later, they're going to say, Kill him, crucify him. And you think, How could things turn that bad that quick in five days? And a lot of that came back to the envy, to the fact that there was fear, they were afraid of the Romans. The Romans were absolutely terrified that maybe something would happen, happen before. We're there in the temple. There would be people saying, we're, I'm the men, you know, I am the person. You need to follow me. 
and there would be a fighting in there, and there were people that happened several times. And so everybody's afraid. And in that fear, and in all those issues, people are asking themselves this question, who is this guy? Who is this guy Jesus? Is he really the real deal? And if he isn't, what, what do we have going on here? What is the situation? Look at the, we talk of the picture there, talk about the palms, palms we have right down here. Palms, about 200 years before Jesus is when that started. And that during that time, they started thinking this during the, Maccab called the Maccabean time, they had some victories. And so for the love of the next 200 years, what you see people coming, they would do it in honor, not so much in victory, because Jesus is not a warrior, but people would come in and they'd be so excited about what we're doing, what's happening. And notice this passage that Catherine read, Hosanna to the song of Davis, he who comes in the name of the Lord is the blessed one, Hosanna in the heaven. Hosanna is a Hebrew mean word, it's Hoshiana. It has the idea of, oh save, or save us, is the idea of the meaning there. It's like, God, come to us, save us for what we're doing with, with our struggles, be with us. And so it brings this question of saying, they have to deal this question. People are going to have to make a decision. Again, thousands are coming into Jerusalem. Thousands are excited about Jesus. Some people are saying, he's a fraud. It isn't real. He can't really be walking on water. He really can't get five little fishes and get 5,000 things. People are saying, we were there. We saw that. We saw Peter's mother be suddenly healed. And people are saying, well, there must be done from Satan that's given the power, because they would not believe that that could be the God had for them and those people. That's such a tragic thing to think about that, that these people who have seen so much, maybe out of jealousy, maybe out of fear of the Romans, whatever it is, they said, you know what, we'll kill them. And there are so many people who are like, oh, that would never happen. Not our religious leaders. We know religious leaders never do anything wrong, like me, you know, obviously, I mean, others. But those people understood what was happening, and they saw that things were going really bad. The question of their day is the question, who's Jesus? Who really is he? This is the question that so many people had to ask each other. What do you think? Who's Jesus? Is he the king? If he's a king, he's a different kind of king. He doesn't have any people, for, you know, he doesn't have any guns, obviously, since they didn't have him. But he didn't have any spears. He was teaching, healing, helping, and caring. So who is this Jesus? Is he king and deliverer? Yeah, he certainly seemed to be. Could he be a con man? There would be many in that time, in that culture, that said, that's it, he's a con man. A lot of people can do lots of tricks. He's not the right one. He can't be. And he can't be coming up from in the north because, you know, those people, they're like idiots up there. And Jesus says, no, I'm sorry. It's the right one. So king, deliverer, he is the king and deliverer. Is he con man and deceiver? No, he's not. What he was was a kindly teacher. We know in Jesus' writings, we know in Jesus what he said, that teaching was one of his major things. Teaching people, what is God? What is God about? What does he have for us? What is he doing for us? And for many, many people, this became such an amazing thing. We're coming up to Jerusalem to be in that place. And here's Jesus with all these people. And in that picture, they're seeing themselves and saying, here we are. 
We are the privileged ones. Five days from now, we're going to go. We're going to be going into the temple and how nice it's going to be. And Jesus is saying, I wish I could tell you to this, but I'm not going to. But I want you to know they're not all going to be happy about me. In fact, these guys that you have such respect for, Pharisees, Sadgeries, Herodians, they're going to kill me. And, of course, you can hear people saying, oh, no, Jesus, nobody would ever do that. We all love you, Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm sorry to tell you this, but it's going to change. And they're going to kill me. But Jesus could say, I want you to know there's something good coming. Stay with me and see what I have for you. And so what we have when we're in this passage is reminding us of saying, okay, we came to celebrate that you know, what we have here is this great man named Jesus. We're thankful for what he has done and what he's doing. But at this point, for Jesus, there's a shadow. A shadow over Jesus saying, enjoy this time. Because it's only going to last about five more days. And then they're going to kill you. The good news of the gospel is that's not the end of the story. Stay tuned for next week because there's good things coming. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for this passage. We're thankful that we look at this thing and we see how you have worked in the life of so many people over so many years. We look back to that time and think, how could it be possible that a person named Jesus who had cared and loved and healed the sick that people could kill. But we, we, we recognize, Lord, that we live in a broken world with broken people. And we thank you, Lord, that this is not the end of the story. In many ways, it's the beginning of a new part of the story. But we realize that our Savior, our Lord Jesus, is going to have to suffer, not because of sins that he had done, but what we have done and we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were willing to take our sin, our shame upon yourself, that we could have a relationship with you. You didn't have to do it, but you did it, Lord, for us to do what you've asked us to do, and what your Father has asked you to do. So be with us, Lord, we pray. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.